Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV, going to be with you. Victory Monday in the books, here we go, all right, all right, Knowles win, first time this year, and we have celebrated it. Yes, we've uh, rightfully pointed out other issues as well with the uh, aspects of the win, but a win nonetheless, that's the way to point it out, a win nonetheless, and we'll see if they can piggyback and play with some confidence now that they got a win under their belt, who knows, maybe they're buoyed, Uh, they're still not a gifted team, let's put it that way, not a terribly gifted team, but they might be buoyed and more confident because they got a win. We talked before the game started on Tallahassee game day, which is around for home games, so we'll be off for a couple of weeks, but every home game Saturday, Mm -hmm. 9 Mm a.m., and I asked you about Adam Fuller and what the defense needed to do in order for him to not be a talking point on Monday. Yeah. This played out really weird, man, because the first quarter and a half, it starts out great. And if you look at situations, if you look at big moments and big plays. Oh, they win third downs. They win the fourth down. They get the goal line stand. They did a lot of things. Hey, listen, at the end of the game, the defense plays huge, Tom, to your point. I mean, who amongst us thought they were going to get that stop? Nobody. Nobody. I did not believe they were going to get that stop. I thought, "Here's, here's how it ends. And I was enraged because I knew the game was over. When we're up two scores and they're punting to us and we're going to get the ball at the 50 and you fumble that punt. And that's what sorry-ass football teams do is find ways to lose games. They've got one, the age-old snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. In that moment, that is exactly what you thought was going to happen. And I, I hurt for them. I really did because that there are some things that you can get mad about coaching-wise, but that's just a, a, a kid dropping a punt. That just dropping a damn punt for no reason. Now, that was right on the heels of him dropping the backwards pass. And he didn't realize that it was lateral. And it's a good thing that somebody else did, Parchment. That he blew his assignment such that he was in position to see the football, go oh, grab the football, and score. <laughs> it's a uh, microcosm. You notice Norvell is mad at him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? Now, good job, but you should never be, be in a position to yeah. go find that football. Yeah, it was great. So, how would you assess the defense then? Oh, I'm mad, Tom. I'm not happy. I, I thought they had taken the big step forward with the way they played in the first quarter. There was real carryover from the second half the week before. Uh, Syracuse was completely stymied. The Tucker kid was completely shut down. In fact, he was shut down for the vast majority of the game. That's what really hurts about criticizing the defense right now is that they do so many things. Excuse me. They do some things well. They do some things well. Good self-edit there. And, and, you know, but when they give it up, boy, do they give up the ghost. I mean, once somebody finds something to prey upon, they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And that inability to adjust quicker is immensely frustrating. Again, I fully recognize that a big part of the problem is they're all beat up. 
They've got – you had a walk – basically a walk-on at one point out there playing safety. I mean, they've had some real issues with health, and that isn't the coach's fault. But there are enough things that are directly pointing at the coaches to get you angry. The secondary – you're stuck, man, in a weird way because we all know who's recruiting Travis Hunter. Yeah, that's correct. But he's an individual. Well, the position coach is. The position yeah, yeah. coach is – well, can we stop? And this is what I said. Um, I think probably after week week one, maybe it was week two. Can we stop with preseason hype for the defensive backs? I'm tired of it. Every year, every year well, we talk about they're going to be the best unit on the team. Stop. It's five years of that. Maybe one of it. One of those years it was true. Maybe. But but would you not agree? And this is where it's frustrating, Tom. Would you not agree that they have some talent there? Some, but enough to be bona fide the number one unit on the team. Well, the number no. one unit on this team no. is the front four. Yep. Uh, but I listen, they're not doing a good job on the back end. And there are two guys on this team that I've brought up a lot that are going to have to get – well, there's more than two. There's more than two. I mean, I this is not the day to do over-under how many coaches get replaced. Right. Uh, but I would say that uh, – No, because it's Victory Monday. That's right. Victory Monday. But Coach Woodson – Hey, whoa, whoa, yeah. No, you, you need – Travis Hunter is a domino that knocks other dominoes down mm-hmm. and away from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So whatever needs to be in place in order for him to come here, I, I don't care what that is. Make sure it's in place. Well, clearly, I'm not saying get rid of him because he can't. But, man, I mean, two fingers, right? Two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you. I've done this with Chris Marv as well. Uh, but I think maybe they're... I'm looking at you, John Papuchas. Maybe they're more limited than we give them credit Special for. Special teams coordinator. Maybe it's the Josh Kando's dominating camp talking point because our receivers don't get open against anybody. So maybe that's why they look so good in camp and we're like, yeah, well, yeah, a- look at these guys. I mean, even going back to Stanford Samuels, remember, he owned camp that year too and we thought, there's your best defensive back. No, but uh, no, don't confuse playing well and lacking ability or not playing well and lacking ability. We have some kids on this roster on that, in that defensive backfield that can uh, – they're athletic, period. They are athletic. They, if you play with poor technique, eventually that's on coaching. If you're confused and, and the communication gap continues to widen for whatever reason when you get certain looks, that's on coaching. That's not on an inability to make plays. That's Like, they don't have talent at quarterback – so I don't care who the quarterback coach is. The quarterbacks on this roster suck. They don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver right now. I'm going to be a little bit more patient, okay? With with although I know a lot of our fan base is upset with Coach Dugans right now. I'm just saying they well, don't in terms have of, yeah who they, you're bringing yeah, in. They yeah. don't they don't they don't win one on one battles, etc. But they don't the, the communication problems and the being in the wrong place repeatedly victimized by the same play. And all, man, at some point, that's not again. That's not because they can't run and jump. That that's that's coaching, and that is aggravating. Yeah, I, I think we're arriving to the same place for for different explanations and different reasons. But you know, I'm just not going to buy into. Well, yeah, you're just going to say they're not going to play well. I don't care how talented they are. You right. Can say that. Well, that they're, that they're going to be the pride of this team. Because that's what that's the way it was talked about in preseason. Is like that group's going to be the thought, pride of this team. It's that D line. That D line is what that D line and those two running backs. Maybe a little bit of Jordan Travis making something out of nothing, but I, I, you can't live and die on that. No. The previous two things, front four and the two running backs, are the things that we tune in every week and expect to see good plays made. Good plays made, like things that 
resemble mid-level college football. Not good for us, like legitimately good plays. Outside of that, I don't I don't tune in expecting on Saturday anybody else to do anything where I go, well, damn it, we've locked this thing down. I really wish, like, uh, you know, when we do this, assessing percentages of blame has to be the way you go out the conversation. Like, with the defensive backs, is that a 60-40 coaches to players blame? When you do it with when you do it with wide receivers, is that a 70 to 30 players to coaches blame? Right, is that yeah. yeah, as you go through the list. They're allowed to catch the ball too, you know. That's, I mean, that's what I mean. That that's we have But again, when you're in the midst of a, a major rebuild and you and you nuked it because you kept starting over and you've had a bunch of different coaches and I, you know, I get it. I get it. That that you have to Patience is not a strong suit of any fan, period. It's really not a strong suit of anybody who'd like to see something that they care about be better. I mean, it's just you're never going to be real patient with that process. So I'm, I'm constantly mindful of that. But, yeah, you know, when you watch – that's so what happens, too, is you get a win, Tom, and then you, you, you're unburdened. You feel good about watching the night games. And you're like, okay, yep, I'm going to sit down yep. and watch these night Ooh, games. Kentucky, we, got, we live. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We're going to watch this, and it's great. You know, Kentucky knocks off Florida. It's a glorious moment. BC has a good chance to beat. I mean, what a disaster Clemson is. What a, I mean, truly is right now. Just a mess. Should have lost that game. I also feel a little bit better for the Boston College game because if you look at the output of Clemson's offense 20-20, to okay, that offense is going to put up those numbers against BC? Mm. All right, all right. I thought there was little to no chance maybe a couple of weeks ago about that roadie, but okay. If you're going to allow that many yards to Clemson's offense, then we've got some hope. That's that's way down the road. I know, I know. Like but these the are the road. thoughts I'm having yeah. after a win. I'm like, ooh, oh, okay, all right, that might be better than I thought it would be. Yeah, um, so again, uh, a lot of good things fell into place. Miami started off the weekend great by losing to Virginia, and oh, that's glorious, and that's a beautiful thing to see, and the frustration is very real for them. Then you see on Saturday, obviously we get a win. Florida loses. That is a remarkable number. Mark Nor- uh, Mike Norvell is two and four in his last six games against Power Five teams, and uh, Dan Mullen's one and five. That's kind of fun, just to say aloud. <laughs> I know it's very different. Yeah, in the morning yesterday, just for the hell of it, I searched Dan Mullen's name and I, I found Gator accounts, not not Noel fans trolling, and I retweeted like five of them, just people saying, "Well, he needed a generational tight end." Uh, a, a stud receiver and a really good quarterback to go eight and four. That's who he is. I'm like, they are circling. Oh, they're mad. They're mad. <laughs> yeah, they're circling the gates, man. They're ready. They're ready to throw that guy under the bus after well, losing to Kentucky. Well, they didn't like him to begin with. Correct. But yeah, so that's pretty funny. I mean, I just thought it was fun to bring that up. The, the number itself. Is that was like, one of the tweets. Like, like, Whoa, curious indeed. You have to check that. Just uh, check my notes. Is, is that, that right? That is right. Yes. So, nonetheless, uh, that happened. And then, in the wake of all of it, you got the Urban Meyer. Family man Urban Meyer right there front and center. Oh, man. I could not believe that. Oh, the, yes, you the, could. No, 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 no. The texts were coming in. I'm like, this night just keeps getting better. Oh, You're telling me that man. Urban's out and about in Columbus just getting after it a little bit? Yeah, because it is fun. Uh, it is fun to watch that video as uncomfortable as it makes us all, but it was more fun to listen to this today. Here's Urban Meyer at, at a press conference that he had to call for being a laughingstock and a distraction. How did the team react? I mean, they're pretty, probably pretty uh, 
reactionary or, you know, how did they take it, your apology? Well, I've always been so defensive of them. You know, I remember when Trevor told me he was going to go to Vegas for his bachelor party. I mean, I was just like, gosh, man, be careful and surround yourself and because I've seen this happen. And, uh, and I just, so the team, the team uh, I spoke to a bunch of leaders one-on-one, -on -one, spoke to all the players. Uh, they're good. They were focused on Tennessee and I apologized again for being a distraction. And a uh, uh, coach should not be a distraction. What how, about your, how about your family? Did you also, did you feel a need to apologize to your family? Yeah, yeah of course I did. Yeah, that's not me and that's, uh, uh, oh yeah, they're upset. Well, of course I did. I mean, I'm Urban Meyer. I love my family, despite overwhelming evidence that I don't. And that I'd rather not be around them. But I, I mean, of course. Because, you know, I've always thought about how it looks to them. And how it feels like to be them when I'm never around. And then they see me in these videos, whoring it up out here. My wife's over looking at the grandkids. So, you know, that's just not who I am, even though the video says otherwise. The, the, the other part of that is that if we're going to bring in the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm... Uh, he's a tough client because he's a repeat offender. A lot of guys make mistakes. Everybody does. All of us. And you can deal with that. You can say, all right, well, we're going to meet this head on, and we're going to talk about this straightforward, and we're going to say that this happened and this happened. Here's what's true. Here's what's not. And we'll move forward. But when, it's, when, it's, when there's an overabundance of repetition, it gets tough. It gets tough. You can't explain it away. Well, the thing about the JCSPR firm, is it's unlike any other business model, this PR firm. Of course it is, Tom. Well, most well, here's why. Yeah. Most other business models, the more a customer shows up or uses the business, the cheaper it gets, the more discounts you give. Yeah. For yeah. us, we've got escalating yeah. rates. The we more that we have to help this you. This is the fifth time I've got to help you, man. Exactly. I'm the, running out of ways. Are the billable hours, they get more expensive. Yeah. And this guy has just been he's he's been maybe our number one client outside of oh, I don't know, Ryan Braun. Lance Armstrong. But, but, it's been, but Ryan Braun's been gone for a long time. So that's, you know, I mean, we haven't. I know. Urban's still chasing that record, though. He's a tough client in a lot of ways. Um, he's disingenuous. People can see right through him. He housed a wife-abusing criminal who he repeatedly defended, then immediately did something stupid upon being hired with Jacksonville and got himself in trouble again. Um, you know, I think the, uh, he's, he was being dragged on the dance floor. He did not want to be there. No, he, the indignant, uh, look on his face about being uh, above it all when, uh, he was at Ohio state and had to have his lecture, uh, when he was there at the, yeah, at for the, allowing his assistant coach yeah, to beat his wife yeah, for years. Yeah. And take him from one place where he was beating oh. his wife to the next place <laughs> for, for deleting the text, the diocese all, of yeah, urban, all of it was good. Uh, the fake heart attack. I want to be. Spend more time with my family. That's why I took this other job with Fox, and then immediately another job with Ohio State. Um, yeah, so all of all, all all of that is good. Um, this one's good too, because I do like that he's unwavering in his efforts to to spin. He's asked about what he says to the team, and he tries to put himself in a good light immediately. Because Tom, he's seen this happen. Oh, when Trevor when had Trev his, when Trevor had to go out to Las Vegas for his bachelor party, I said, "Oh, geez, be careful." 
I've seen it happen. I mean, not with me, of course, but other people that I've been around. I've, I've seen how it can happen. You've got to surround yourself with good people. It's just So, th- I mean, the team knows. The team knows that I'm Christ-like and that this is just a one-off. Not like. Scratch that. Yeah. I'm Christ. The team, the team yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I, of course I talked to the team, but they already knew before I got there that I didn't do anything wrong. He's just, he sticks with it over and over again. Did you talk to the team? Oh, well, of course. Oh, I mean, I've seen it happen when Trevor went out to Las Vegas. He rolls his starting card. That's where he went for his bachelor party, you know. And I, I, I said, told him you, not to. You shouldn't ever do that. You can't go to Las Vegas. It's a, it's a den of iniquity. It's, it's a land of sin. I don't know why you do that, but uh, he insisted. So he went there, and I mean, uh, I advised him carefully. That's why he didn't get in trouble when he was out there because of me. Besides, they they were at dinner next door to this bar. You know, it's, uh, everybody was together, mm-hmm. and he was dragged over there because people wanted pictures. People wanted to, take and they pictures got him. With them. They got him. They got all kinds of pictures and video to boot. I suppose the way that he was interacting with the uh, younger person in that video, that's one way to get dragged out onto the dance floor. But I don't know that that's the place you want to be is a dance floor if you're going to interact with a co-ed quite, quite like that. But that's me. He didn't really have a choice, Tom. Uh, he's a man of the people. Uh, he was minding his own business. There were some people next door. Those people desperately wanted Urban Meyer in their presence to take pictures with. Right. Dance with, be be around just to feel the aura, just to get a sense of the greatness. Right. They heard he was having dinner next door. Right. He didn't volunteer that information. <laughs> no. They had heard. So he's sitting down with his family, and these co-eds just stream into the restaurant. Right. They interrupt the service. Desperate to be around the aura. They're they're making a scene. He's trying to have a family dinner, and they come into the restaurant and they say, "Urban, please." Oh, I can't, guys. You know better than that. I can't. I'm here with my family. Uh, drinking a nice Chianti, uh, enjoying the pasta. I can't. I understand you desperately want me to come over and be a part of your dance party and uh, whatever it is you kids do. But I, I just, okay, one picture. One, uh, we're yep. just talking about one picture. They, for they the dragged group. him by his hand. Yeah, they they we'll tugged this. him out of the chair. It was, it was an awkward scene, and he did a great <laughs> job of de-escalating that scene in the restaurant. In fact, you know, he really settled down the atmosphere of the restaurant. They were about to lose a lot of money at that restaurant. I can't tell you how much money they would have lost. And I care about those people because I'm a man of the people. It's lots of money. Urban prides himself as a man of faith, and there's a deep drive by Castellanos. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply one one final thing on this by the way then i'll move on you know, 
before the year even began, Tom, I think you and I were having a conversation about over under length of time before Urban, you know, and the joke is fakes a heart attack again or whatever he says to get out of the job so that he can perhaps get the USC job or whatever it is he desires. <laughs> I don't know. But we were kind of tongue in cheek having that conversation. And I dismissed it because I thought, well, he knows what his reputation is and he is very, you know, he's aware of what perceptions are. And I thought, okay, well, you don't take that job and knowing you're going to get Trevor Lawrence, right. And not be prepared to, to hang in there. Cause you got your franchise quarterback, presumably, and you've got a long leash. I mean, nobody, Shad's not thinking my man's walking in there winning 10 games. I mean, they don't have, they're stuck in a similar situation. They don't have a lot of talent uh, there, there in Jacksonville. Right. So he's not going to lose some games and then just be like, Oh, well, that's it. I, I've started poorly. I'm going to leave and go do something else. I mean, this has to be, you would think, the kind of commit minimum in your mind, three years, minimum, to get this thing starting to move along. You know, you draft well, free agency, you got a, you got a young quarterback, you got to develop. It's going to take a while. But the, 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 the press conference after the loss to Cincinnati in which Jacksonville actually played well struck me as incredibly off-putting and odd. I never saw that one. He he described the loss as devastating. He acted as if they had just lost in the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship. Like like that that kind of a loss was a setback he didn't see. It was just crushing, soul crushing because I know the hearts of these men. Like he's talking about like they lost a significant battle that's going to change the shape of the war. I mean, it's really strange to hear it. Just go back and read it. It's, it seems a bit over the top for a week four loss to a better football team by three. Cincinnati's better than Jacksonville. I think appreciably so. And yet they only lost on a last-second field goal. I don't know that I would have used devastating to describe the loss if I'm in it for the long haul. I would have described this as progress, perhaps, that the team is – I mean, I know you can't get up there and mealy mouth, but you can certainly get up there and be like, well, you know, I thought we did some things better tonight, put ourselves in a position, going to have to learn how to finish. Uh, we're a work in progress, but we're getting better. I mean, I thought that first half really revealed that. Yeah, I'll grab uh, Ira in just a moment here for his uh, weekly hit. But I-, I think what you can say from that is, okay, so he didn't fly home with the team, right? Mm-hmm. He stayed in Ohio, went to Columbus. I think he decided to try and relive as many glory days as he could to feel like a winner again. Like, just get into the psychology of that. What are you there for? It's not just the grandkids. Why are you out? Well, he's clearly not there for the grandkids. No, well, <laughs> consider where he is and consider the pullover he's wearing. Is it a Jaguars pullover? No. It's an Ohio State pullover. He wanted to feel like a winner again and relive any glory day that he possibly could. And one of those words is unfortunate considering the behavior he was exhibiting. Well, and you know what's interesting is that, and this is what happens with all of the um, social media outlets in the modern day. Uh, If you are a celebrity and your behavior is perhaps unbecoming or certainly... Uh, is uh, titillating. People not only going to take pictures and video, but lots of them from different angles are going to be doing so. And the lack of wherewithal strikes me in this one because subsequently lots of you have sent me 
uh, pictures and video, and Director Matthew found some too, that are of different angles. And those angles are the kind of thing that could get him fired. Certainly could get him divorced, let's put it that way. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the the second and third angles that we're seeing now is uh, probably means this story's not over with. The apologies today sounded like a guy who thought this is now in the rear view, but the angles that have come out subsequently suggest there will be another addressing of this situation. Yeah, who was dragging whom places would be my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I'm stunned. I really thought he was dragged out of the restaurant, and he, you know, he was just posing for some photos. This is a stunning development that yeah. there could be a different angle that is uh, perhaps incriminating. That angle is. Uh, a, a problem for him, at the very least, as it pertains to remaining married, I would think. And I would guess, too, the Jags aren't going to be real pleased with it either. <laughs> Ira Chaffel, Warchant.com, joins us as he's wont to do on a Monday. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm better than Urban. I'm better Woo! Man. Have you seen the follow-up angles? <laughs> I have. I, did anybody in that bar not have their cell phone on it? I, yeah, so that's the other thing is that uh, we here at the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm look to salvage what's left of an individual's reputation in the midst of crisis. But we also give you a little piece of advice moving forward so that you not subject subject yourself to this kind of problem again down the line. Clearly, Urban did not take that advice seriously, that you're a public figure, my man, and all of America has a working video camera. That's just the way it works. Like, nobody doesn't. You're busted. Keep your head on a swivel, big guy. He's just oblivious. Yeah, that's a toughie. He's just oblivious um, for a lot of reasons. All right. Bad news today, man. I I was sad to see the Dennis Briggs news. I don't want to start sad, but you and I have talked about the win, and I've talked a lot about the win today. So, obviously, everybody's excited. Florida State is out of the, um, you know, no longer uh, winless. But, but. I, Briggs has played hard and played well, and he's a he's a kid that a lot of people are excited to see. I think we all are um, as the season goes on to see how he progress. And you find out today he's out for the year now, Ira. Yeah, I mean, going back to last season, you know, he came back in the middle of last season. He opted out due to COVID, and then he came back in the middle of the season. Really, when they were desperate, you know, Marvin Wilson had gotten hurt. I mean, Corey Durden was banged up. They were really thin at defensive tackle, and he had been a defensive end who was just kind of part-timing a little bit defensive tackle, and he came back in the middle of the season because they basically were desperate and uh, filled in admirably the last few games that season, had a great spring, had a great preseason, and was playing pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think Adam Fuller today said that, you know, Dennis Briggs has probably been one of the most improved players on the team. And uh, so it stinks for him, but it also hurts them uh, defensively. Now the good thing is that, you know, that is one position where their starters, you know, and Briggs was a part-time starter, but – but Robert Cooper and, and Fabian Levitt are playing really well, and then you've got some guys behind them that, that have played pretty well as well. So I think they can um, manage okay at that position, uh, but it really stinks for him for sure. What's the sense you got from Norvell today? I know he's relieved to get a win, and most coaches are just really happy for the kids who come to work every day and bust their hump to try to get out there and put themselves in that position to finally taste some success. But at the same time, as a coach, he and this is going to be the way it is the rest of the year, there's enough on that tape to make you sick. So he's got the ability to celebrate a win and be happy for them, but also points to so many areas where they've got to get better. And 
because I was not at the press conference, relay for me what he said about special teams, because I know he had to have been asked about it. Special teams was uh, outside of the made kick at the end to win it, which is great, was not real good, and I know they spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, he definitely expressed some frustration there and said that they're going to, you know, because they spent so much time on it, they should be getting a lot more out of it. So he's definitely frustrated with that and said that uh, it's something they're definitely going to look at more in terms of probably personnel, um, but also maybe how they're teaching things. But, um, you know, the, I, I thought the one big picture takeaway he had from that game, because like you said, there were still some of the same issues in this game, but the fact of the, the, the fact that they won it, uh, in kind of a last-second mode, which is the way they had lost a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that, really, at the, at the very end, all three phases of the game came through and you had to have it. The defense got a stop. The offense ran a two-minute drill, got down there. Jordan made some plays. There was some good blocking on a couple of his long runs uh, out on the edge. And he gets, um, you know, they set up the, the special teams in position to win it. And, you know, Ryan Fitzgerald knocks home the, the game-winning uh, field goal. So, I think that, to me, I think that's going to be one of the big messages he sends to the team is, you know, we have to play complementary football. We've gotten better in some areas. We still struggle in some other areas. But if if all three come together at the right time, we have a chance to, to give ourselves a chance to win some of these games, and that hadn't been the case for much of the season. Update on the rest of the team's health. Did we hear anything else? I know I was focused on Briggs at the beginning. I wanted to do a follow up there because I, uh, well, but I forgot to ask because I was so pissed off about special teams. Uh, rest of the team, what, what do we know about the health of uh, the offensive line moving forward and in the secondary where they had some guys miss this past weekend as well? It did sound like maybe they're going to get some help back uh, in the secondary. Uh, uh, you know, Maury Smith was able to play in that game. Um, so you'd like to think that they're going to have all five of those offensive linemen back. Um, I think uh, from a you know overall health standpoint, I, it sounds like nothing else major happened. Um, but I think I do think in the secondary they're going to get. I would he didn't mention it specifically, but I get the feeling you might see uh, Akeem Dent back. Uh, Travis Jay uh, is probably still day to day, but you know maybe Renardo Green is is another guy that they might be able to get back soon. Do you? Th- what's your? Sus- I'm just curious because Tom and I were talking about this earlier. This is just you projecting here. How do you think they'll play against North Carolina? I want to know because the number one question I got asked after that game was what I thought it did for them. And I felt much more of a sense of relief as opposed to what I think it does for them moving forward. I, I think they're so limited in so many areas that I'm not sure it does a lot for them moving forward other than to get the monkey off their back. But maybe maybe you disagree. I mean, what what do you think? how they'll play this weekend against North Carolina, who has proven not to be nearly as good as the preseason prognostications, and then just in general, what does this win mean? You know, I think that, you know, the, the key to that game is if, if the defensive line can dominate and really force Sam Howell to make plays on the run, you know, get him out of his comfort zone, which I thought they did for a good chunk of last year's game, um, because they don't have such dynamic running backs and receivers they did a year ago, uh, I think that gives them a chance defensively to kind of mask some of the deficiencies that they have on the back end. But uh, if that doesn't work, <laughs> if they really can't get after him um, and he's able to get comfortable, you know, I think it could be a long day for the defense. Um, I also, you know, as far as the offense goes, I mean, I, look, if, if Jordan Travis is going to be willing to run, I think they're going to have a chance to make some plays and they'll have a chance to move the football. They've done that. It's going to be stop and start, like Corey wrote about today on the website. It's, it's not going to be a, a consistent offensive attack, but – but he's going to have these drives where he he gets a run or two 
uh, get the defense on their heels and they get numbers and now the running backs can gas you a little bit and they can put pressure on a defense and, and, and put up some points. Um, but, you know, that's what I need to see from Jordan Travis. I don't have any illusions that he's going to sit back and throw for 250 yards, but if he can be that willing runner that opens up things for everybody else, then I think they'll be able to move the ball. Um, as far as the big takeaways from this game, I, really the biggest thing to me is just experiencing a win um, in the positive moments of, you know, getting some fourth down stops or getting a fourth down stop or a couple of them, getting uh, converting a couple fourth downs, uh, getting off the field on third down uh, a good bit in that game. All those things I think are important for them for just lo- realizing that they can do it, giving them some confidence. So to me, those are the biggest takeaways from the win. Brother, I always appreciate it. Talk to you again real soon. Be good. Thanks, Jeff. See you. Uh, Irish Fell Managing Editor, Warchant.com. Yeah, I, I got. I mean, I think a lot of us thought about it after the game too. It was kind of like, well, what do you think it means? Eh, I don't. I, I'm. I was reluctant to say it means a lot because I don't think it changes the win total for this year um, appreciably. Like, I if you thought that after this horrific beginning to the season, uh, I, I'm going to guess they win three games. Does it? Does it change that? No, no, three games sounds about right. No, I just like some of the situational things like Ira was talking about. I probably made too big of a deal of it by now, but um, like for example, the catch that Toafili makes on third and four before Treshawn Ward goes 60 yards down the field and we score on that drive. That's the play of the drive. Like I get that Treshawn, it's very important what, what Ward did, but you're not going to get that opportunity if a young man who hasn't faced a lot of adversity this year, some self-inflicted, some not, doesn't make an important catch, cut up field, and get you a first down. These are the hidden winning plays yeah. that you have to stack together in order to be able to win any games that you have left in your schedule not named UMass. So there are examples other than that one catch of things like that. And 2 of 12 on third down for Syracuse is a great example. 0 of 3 on fourth down is another great example for the defense to feel good about itself. That's where I think, yeah, you might have some – when you get in some tense moments now down the stretch of this season – you should have more confidence because all of your memories aren't negative things. You yeah. might have a positive one or yeah, two. Yeah, there's been a moment where you've succeeded like, when adversity struck. Yeah, if I'm playing somebody in a match and where it's a nine-hole match and it's for 50 bucks and it comes down to don't three-putt on the ninth green and, and you, all I've done is three-putt. Yeah, and, and then you don't three-putt. Right. You're like, all right. Right. Hey, <laughs> I might be able to do this again someday. That's a green. I'm me and I didn't three-putt. How right. about that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is a football game. This is third and short. We gotta stop. That's All right. right. I can catch is. this ball in this situation. Yeah, it's 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 allowed. It's legal. Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Having really fast internet matters, but when there are four, five, even six things connected to my Wi Fi at the same time, it's the Wi Fi speed that I pay attention to. Interxfinity. They offer Wi-Fi speeds over a gig, the fastest Wi Fi you can get. That's a big deal because maybe you're a gamer or a streamer or video chatter, or maybe you're like me and have a big home studio that sucks up some serious bandwidth. Whatever your case may be, you need Wi-Fi that can keep you up with your lifestyle and all the devices that come with it. You need Xfinity because Xfinity knows fast Wi-Fi makes everything better. Now through October 11th, ask how to get a special offer of $300 back when you get gig speed internet. Or get started with up to 50 Mbps download speeds for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement. Click, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig internet and compatible gateway. Actual speeds may vary and are not guaranteed. Offer requires paperless billing and auto pay, ends 10-11-21. New performance starter internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. 
After term, regular rates apply. If a tree falls on your roof, nay, nay, that's not good. You think, no, what am I going to do? There could be structural damage to my home in addition to the shingles of the roof being damaged. Call my friends at uh, T-Spark Enterprises, Roofing and Construction. T-Spark is uh, one phone call, not two, but one phone call. Because you don't have to call anybody else but him because it's the fix the roof guy and the general contractor. Woohoo! There you're set. Take care of any structural damage. Make sure you do that. 850-766-1340. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction. Another piece of evidence that I'm getting older. I'm seeing more leaves fall around my house and property, and I'm thinking, oh, T-Spark will be here soon. Clear off the roof. That'll be good. There's going to be a lot of leaves I on like the roof. I like that you're contemplating the leaves. Yeah, I'm doing a head count. Yeah, well, in the, pool, in the pool area, it's easy to see. You know, yeah, there, There's I, some weeks where you're like, my God, do I have any leaves left up up there? And yes, we're getting to that part of the year where the gutters need to be taken care of, and he could, he's good with that too. When was the last time you checked on the season that Buster Posey's having? Or had, because the regular season is in the books. Uh, probably like two months ago when he was at like 16 or 18 home runs. Something like that. So the season that was for Buster Posey was he hit 304, 18 home runs, 56 RBIs. Well, maybe that was like yesterday then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't think he hit many late in the year. He hit most of those home runs the first two months of the season. Uh, but such is the life for an aging catcher in uh, your hands, man, your knees, man, all of it. But he uh, OPS 889, hit 304, 18 That's bumps. really good. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. Go ahead, Buster Posey. Uh, yeah, man, that just that, that excited me. I was happy for him, very excited for him, um, because it, it certainly looked like he was about done. I mean, he's thirty four year old catcher. It's it's tough. You get up to that age, but um, what a career! What a career! And good for the Giants. What a what a that's a cool story uh, to to have two teams in the same division win over one hundred and five games. That I mean, you got to be pissed if you're the Dodgers to find yourself in this predicament. Yeah, he's hit four home runs since the 11th of August, so mm. I guess it was. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's been a while. But yes, if you are the Giants and you unseat Los Angeles and your payroll is what it is, I mean, that is just, it. it they feel like the Rays do. They feel like the Rays do today. Well, it also came out of nowhere. I mean, a lot of people certainly saw that the Rays were capable, um, but the Giants gave you no indications last year that they were about to be anything close to this. But the reason we're bringing up baseball is it's late in the show, and we've got what you always want, which is this scenario by which I mean it's it's not ideal if you believe in the you know way baseball should be decided, but it is if you love drama and you don't really care about the teams. So Boston and New York have to play a one game. Let's see what happens. The other one's going to hell home. No, oh, yeah. It, it's, After winning 92 games. It's like freezer food versus fresh food, but you're right. getting a freezer food game seven. That's what you get tomorrow night between the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's what you get in the NL on Wednesday. Freezer food game seven. Hey, that's still good enough. I kind of, I don't know why, but I, I do. I feel for Toronto. They went 91 and 71 and had a plus 183 run differential. Yes, which uh, incidentally is 61 runs better than the Yankees and the Red Sox combined. 
you, you combine those two run differentials in Toronto, 61 to the good. So, for example, you would say, well, God, I kind of feel bad for Seattle. They went 90 and 72 and all that. Yeah, they went minus 51 run, di- run differential. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been where they were. That's a cool story, but that's having fun with stats, man. How in the world? No, it's just, it's just super unfortunate that we didn't get that extra chaos. And Toronto, you knew that they were going to deliver on it. And I really thought the Rays were going to sweep the Yankees and make this really interesting. <laughs> but one to nothing is what gets the job done yesterday for the Yankees. So, yeah, you're the Dodgers. You went 106 games, and you could get – they went 9-1 in their last 10 games. They won seven straight to, and still lost the division. And still find themselves in this precarious position. Hated for them. And they, they suffered a couple injuries down the stretch, too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did the Giants, for that matter. But, yeah, it's that's so did, so did Milwaukee. About the only team that kept it together down the stretch was the one that won whatever they won, 17 of their last 20, and that's St. Louis. Yeah, there were uh, four teams in the major leagues this year that had a run differential above 200, plus 200. Dodgers and the Giants are two of them. Two of them. The other two are Tampa and Houston. Quietly, the uh, trash can bangers are uh, doing some things. Well, the the trash can bangers actually had a really good year. They won 95 games and uh, held off Seattle. But, yeah, I I love where we're at now as sports lovers in general. You're in full phase with college football as you get into this weekend's games. Of course, the NFL now have gotten to a place where we're starting to – it's starting to take a little bit of a shape. Uh, you're a week out from the NHL starting back on ESPN now. You don't have to search over God's week Green Acres tomorrow. to find it. I know. Yeah. So they start back up. And then you've got postseason baseball, which I always love. It is a different animal from a regular season baseball, not just because the stakes are higher, just the way that the game is played. So, I'm Okay. Here we go. How pissed off at Jimbo is CBS? I know a lot of other people are pissed off at Jimbo today, but CBS had this game circled, A&M Alabama, for 8 p.m. on their network this weekend. And it went from really interesting, like even a week ago, it would have been really interesting, to, oh, what have we done? We wasted our bullet in the chamber. Well, they're, I mean, yeah, I think they're probably pretty angry, but not as angry as A&M fans got to be. I mean, the man just got an extension. Uh, and a four-year one at that, and they're like, well, we we don't have a passing game. You're a quarterback whisperer, and we don't have a passing game. Whisper louder. Yeah. Speak up. It's not working. Probable's here or next. Uh, Probably next. We need a quick break. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Saying goodbye, but we're going to lay out the schedule for you for MLB's postseason. This week, fun week, good week, yay, postseason. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services. No problems? You want to do problems? You can play it. Nah. We may we may double down. I don't know. Because we'll give them the I mean you could give them the probable for tomorrow's game since headlines is on. We're not doing that, you know, since That's the Yankees and Red Sox matchup. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Love our friends at North Florida Payroll Services. On the bump tomorrow. 8 o'clock, primetime ESPN, Yankees-Red Sox. You know they're salivating at ESPN. Yeah, the best part about that game is ESPN doesn't get a whole lot of time to promo it. 
Mm. Because if they we had been beaten over the head, they would have taken 17 days if they were given 17 days, and they would have promoted every second of every day. Garrett Cole, Nathan Abaldi. Woo! All right. Good matchup. Should note really quickly, uh, I will go ahead and tell you the Wednesday probables for the NL wild card, St. Louis and the Dodgers, 8-10 on TBS. I like TBS coverage. They do a good job. Yep, and they are going to have uh, some hockey coverage here. You know, that's part of the deal. It's ESPN uh, and Turner. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Adam Wainwright somehow defined the odds and having a great season out of nowhere is going to start for the Cardinals, and he'll go against Max Scherzer. You would guess that that is not a good advantage for uh, St. Louis, but uh, it's the Cardinals. They find ways. could be interesting. 15 years after he threw 83 miles an hour and nothing down the heart of the plate to Carlos Beltran. Who let it slide right down the heart. And he's still pitching for the Cardinals in a winner-take-all game. Go figure. That's quite the career. Quite the career. Yeah, still around. That's it. That's all. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump in the next couple of days in your playoff matches. We do have games on Thursday and Friday as well. That's two very exciting matchups. And I should note, congratulations, Braves fans. I know you're excited. Charlie Morton's going to start for you. And that's the guy everybody would want starting out of anybody else in the league is Charlie Morton. Who do they have, the Brewers or the Giants? Brewers. Good series. That's a great series. A little Milwaukee tie in there. There's a good series. That's going to be a fun. That's a series. That, that's Friday, buddy. Oh. This is that time of the year where you get the, yeah, the noon to midnight. You're, you're hanging out at like the CP when we have those games that we're, you know, yep. we're over there hanging out. Oh, the playoffs are on right now. That's it. On-site broadcast. As we wrap it up, Monday Night Football tonight. Yes, yes, fun matchup. Thank you, Las Vegas. Thank you, Chargers. This will be good. I'll watch. This is a good game. Yeah. This is uh, really? fa- fantasy football perspective, implications uh, for the lost. division. I've already lost. You're, oh, really? I lost. I was cruising along, and then fantasy football reared its ugly head. Well, I've got Brady. You didn't do a damn thing for me last night, obviously. And uh, <laughs> Thanks for the 260 and a couple of sacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it didn't do much for me, buddy. Struggled with it. These things. And Kelsey had two catches for like six yards. You got to be kidding me. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. Peace.